Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. So welcome to the next episode here of Mad Singers Management Podcast. And today we have with us none other than Julio. So Julio, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, it's, it's Julio, actually. <laughs> Julio. Yeah, yeah, it's Spanish. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I've been the COO of a company called Monetize More for the last six years. Uh, before that, I was very much in the corporate world in, in banking and investments and financial planning and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I've been uh, um, the leads of many different departments. Uh, VPs and senior managers report to me from HR to finance to sales to operations, account executives, education support team. They all report to me. And uh, my role also, obviously, as a partner involves, uh, you know, discussing with my fellow three executives, um, you know, visions, KPIs, performance, long-term and short-term and that sort of thing. That sounds good. And, and what do you guys do exactly? Monetize More um, helps online publishers make more money from their ads. So if your users listening ever go to a website and, for example, read the news about anything, as they're reading the news, there might be a little rectangle ad in the middle of the page or a square ad on the side of the page for, I don't know, an airline or a grocery store or whatever. What many people don't realize is that for that ad to show up, a very complicated auction has happened. Our company handles the technology for that auction. So that website hires us to implement the technology and the service, and they make more money from their ads, and uh, we take a cut of it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So, uh, Julio, based on, based on your current experience, right, um, how, how many staff do you have sort of reporting to you in, at the moment? And 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 what's the timeline been sort of over the the last year, for example? Like, how much have you have that changed? Um, so, <clears throat> we have a hundred about one hundred and twenty eight people um, total. That's including everybody um, that report to me directly. We probably have nine departments reporting to me directly. Um, within those nine departments, there probably is. It probably includes most of the company. It just does not include. Um, some of the marketing aspects and definitely the developer, developer, the technical part that we have technical leaders for that. Um, and in the last year, uh, I think we've grown from about, let's just, just choose 2018, for example. Uh, we've probably grown from about 80 something to about 128 today or so. So we've grown pretty quickly in terms of, of people. That's pretty uh, big growth, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's big in terms of people for sure. So yeah, that's our story. And and how many would you say? How many is it at a, at a management or team leader level? Like how many uh, in the organization? Um, there's probably twelve leaders um, okay. that report to me, and then that does not include uh, sort of the executives that the executives as well as uh, the leads that do not report to me, like the technical ones. Yeah. Okay. That sounds cool. That sounds cool. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about sort of your basic management philosophy? So like really your mindset around <laughs> management. 
Yeah, so I'm, um, because of the nature of our business and because, you know, from day one, we've been a remote company, I'm a very strong believer in um, you, if you trust people to work at their most productive and you let them work at their most productive time or, or, or for example, if you, if you're someone who works better at night, you know, work better at night. If you're someone who works better when you wake up in the morning and you only work till, you know, the late afternoon, then that's what you should do. If you want to split up your day, for example, because you are most productive, um, then you should do that. So we really encourage our people to find out what is most productive, how they work most productive in the day, because it's impossible to standardize hours for over a hundred people. And that that's, I firmly believe whether you're in all in the same time zone or you're in a completely different time zone, like our, like our situation. So definitely you you have to have that level of trust. Uh, The employees have to appreciate that level of trust to the point where they're so into the company and all of that is encompassed in company culture. But at the sort of short answer to your question, if, we need to create an environment that allows um, team members to work at their utmost productivity. And that's, that's different for absolutely everybody. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. What, uh, what, what do you personally enjoy the most about managing other people? Um, Just naturally, I've always been sort of a natural leader, a natural people person, very much an extrovert. Um, so I like so it just came naturally to me to to like to speak to people about you know everything from you know their personal goals to their professional goals to um, you know trying to dig things between people. It, it really has made me grow into someone who can uh, who can who can really relate. Uh, it's increased my empathy. It's a whole sort of game to tr- to try to communicate with leaders of all levels of different skill level of different skill sets and things like that. So the dynamic part of it is, is super interesting to me and um, you know, connecting people is huge. So sometimes for example, you know um, you know, support team uh, has an issue that is related to something on the technical team. So connecting leaders together and then seeing not only, not only making that connection, but shepherding that connection to make sure things get done you know, efficiently and not just for that problem for the long term. That kind of stuff gets me, gets me high. I I love that kind of stuff. Um, And I'm very much, that's very much my role here. Uh, It's a big part of uh, just because I know so many leaders and so many leaders report to me. Um, I really like that part of, uh, of, of life really. Excellent. Excellent. I remember first time I met you and I I think it was a funny airport in Manila one time, some years ago. Um, I, I remember you you were very enthusiastic about sort of the management piece and, and I, I know Keen, your your partner was was a little bit less um less interested in that side of the business and it was it was very interesting to see how you sort of split up things and, and also now at, at this day like how how you you're so focused on the, the people side of things and, and you really love that aspect. So, like, do do you feel within yourself that that's something that I've changed? Like, have you grown to love it even more, or would you say it's it's maybe slightly less now? Or what's what's your thoughts? Um, you, you know, it's I have grown to love it more. The only thing that's really changed, and it's it's a positive thing, is 
the leaders have become better and they keep getting better every every day every month uh, um, you know every every quarter every year and so what the only thing that's changed is the level of conversation that i have with each leader which is amazing because you know for example the leader of um HR, for example, I can't think of HR every single day, day in, day out. I've got a lot of things to do, et cetera, but they can. So I encourage them to come up with like these incredible initiatives um, and, and things like that. So they come up with these ideas, which we very much encourage, and they discuss it with me. And I'm like, well, what about this? What about that? So as the years have gone on, um, I've grown to love it more to answer your question. But the only thing that's changed is the higher level of conversations that I've had, um, you know, within the company and with, with my leaders. Yeah, and that's uh, I'd say that that rings true for myself as well, right? So when when I used to work corporate, again, uh, get getting promoted, the biggest benefit was really that the people you work with got smarter and smarter every time. Mm-hmm. So so that's uh, yeah, totally. And and the same in my in my companies, obviously. I mean, I, I see the same thing. So so that that makes a ton of sense, right? And and it's very fulfilling when you when you see your influence on them, and and a lot of their growth comes from your influence and, and sort of your ability to develop them. So that's really, uh, yeah, that's really nice. What do you find particularly unique about your management style when you compare to other people around? Um, what I would say um, is sort of unique and, and again, I'm, I'm sure other leaders do this, but I guess I don't, I don't really often compare myself with anybody, but um, I'm a big believer in, in execution. So, you know, we have these, this vision, um, you know, we have these goals uh, per department and, and like overarching company goals, you know, three years, five years, et cetera. Um, great. That's, that's good. How are we going to get there? And so like you need to get into sort of the nitty gritty of how you're going to get there. And it's not just a, a lot of leaders I find maybe um, have an idea of how it's going to work and how it can work, but they kind of stop at a certain point and then focus on something else. Whereas you really need someone to own the execution. And I'm talking about the deep execution. You don't, you not only have to, you know, um, you know, clearly describe the goal to your, to your employees, but make sure they clear, they are able to clearly describe the goal to their sort of team. They're, they're like, you know, they have like, I sky communicate with leaders that have, you know, anywhere between three and 20 people. So um, you have to, someone has to, so I have to be empathetic enough to be like, listen, you, you not only have to explain it. I don't, I don't want you to just understand it to the point where you can repeat it to me, but you have to be able to encourage it to your, to, sorry, to communicate it to the rest of your team. Yeah. And so from there, then you have to connect the dots and you really have to be the one who connects the dots. Like, you can trust your leaders. It, it's great. And sometimes you will um, get leaders who kind of do a little bit more in terms of more proactivity, but, and that's great. You should let that happen. But you know, some leaders are weaker than others. Or it, that's just the way it is. Right. So you need to be able to, to own that stuff because honestly, if, if you don't, it's just going to get fluffy and things are going to get pushed back. And then people are going to come back and say, why wasn't this done? Whose responsibility was this? So I guess just relentless attention to the executional um, process and like operational process of the execution is, is probably something I'd highlight about myself. Excellent. And, and, and how do you feel you manage to stay on top of that? Like what do you do specifically to try and sort of make sure that happens? 
So um, a good thing about our company, and this is a big part of that, is is our company culture. So we always preach, you know, reliability, responsiveness, and things like that. Um, you know, a short answer to your question is, is I'm organized. I know what I've spoken to my leaders about, and I speak to them every at least every couple of weeks. Um, but I also kind of let them do their thing because they have to, you know, they're leaders themselves, so they, they can execute it. But our company culture, I, I couldn't do it without the culture that we've built because we're so big now. Um, you know, if I had to, you know, really like poke 12 people, um, so they poke the rest of the 128 people on, on doing stuff, then that'd be impossible. But I credit our company culture of, you know, being reliable, being responsive, living the attitude that everything should be getting, everything that deserves to be improved should be improved and, and needs to be improved consistently, as well as, um, you know, being that leader, that entrepreneur within the company to uh, come up with different ideas and how to make your department better and, and things like that. Like I, everybody lives that at our, at our company. So um, that took years to do. So it's not something that you just put on a culture doc and say, this is our culture. Everybody act this way. You can't tell people to act that way. You have to lead by example, obviously, but um you know, every new person that comes in to monetize more sees immediately that, you know, the culture that we've created is, is real and it's practiced by absolutely everybody from the leaders to, you know, the uh, support members or data entry members we have. Yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, particularly in a, in a remote company, right? It, it's, uh, I've often found it easier to build culture when you have physical presence, right? But particularly in a, a remote company, like it's, 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 it's a huge piece of work, right? And exactly as you say, it's not just writing it down in a document and saying, oh, this is what we do, right? Because you have to show it, right? People have to not just believe it even they they have to see it happening in front of their eyes before they start building that culture and, and it's i mean what i've seen personally is let's sometimes culture like that if you don't if you're not on the ball all the time right like one or two of the wrong hires can sometimes exactly. go in and influence your culture so much right uh, so that's yeah it's critical to stay on top of so that yeah absolutely agree okay that's cool and um what what are you doing specifically to make sure that your managers performs really well? So you, you've you've alluded to it a little bit, right? In terms of of, of handing them, giving them the ownership, but but what what specific things do you do to make sure that when you have staff, and obviously they're a, a little bit more senior now, but but make sure that you develop your leaders to be good leaders. Like any particular tips and tricks around that. So, um, honestly, uh, again, it's a scalable, um, to make your leaders constantly be better on a scalable level, you need this company culture that I described. So that's just the number one answer is that, and that takes years to, to build. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Um, another thing we do have performance reviews. They don't last hours and they're not super like, complicated but they do um we discuss with our leaders um sort of their performance in terms of our culture pillars which i described um and just discuss on how things can improve and because of the culture of the company uh they understand that this isn't um 
you know, no one's attacking anybody. They just get that this is candid feedback. Um, and on that topic, that's something that I do is whenever a leader comes in, the first thing I tell them before saying, after saying hello, welcome is I give candid feedback. I, I don't sugarcoat anything. If you're doing great, then I'm going to tell you you're doing great. If you have something to improve on, I'm going to tell you and not waste time because I need you to hit that higher level. And I'm actually arguably a little bit harder on some of the more senior members because I expect more of them, but they understand because of, because we connect all the time. They understand that I'm doing it because I want to make them better. Uh, and that's the only reason I'm, I'm doing it. So we kind of, uh, so candid feedback is another, another thing. I kind of don't, try to sugarcoat anything because uh, we really, you know, we want to hit next level at, at a company of our size. You know, you, you need to, you need to have that. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And, and, and again, I mean, that this is definitely particularly in the sort of tech entrepreneurs niche. I, I see a ton of people really struggling with giving feedback and, and uh, I, I totally agree. I mean, candid feedback, particularly done in the right way can be so useful, right? Because mo most people want to do better. Like, like exactly. most people want to know what they can do better to change. Right. But mm -hmm. again, a lot of one, one of my pet peeves is when I see people building up dossiers of fuck ups people have made. So they're like, Oh yeah, I'm about to fire this guy. I've built up this dossier of 25 things. You've totally fucked up. Mm -hmm. I'm like, have you told her? No, no, I'm exactly. gathering all the evidence that she suck and then I'll fire her, right? And you're like, right. uh, no, that's not the way to do it, <laughs> right? But I, but I see a lot of people thinking that way. So yeah, mm -hmm. definitely candid feedback when you see it and, and as soon as possible, but also in, a, in an honest way saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not giving you this because I wanna, exactly. want you to sit and be sad the rest of your life. I'm, I'm giving you this to help you improve, right? So Yeah, it, it, it works both ways. So. To me, um, you have to set expectations, which is on day one, this is how I communicate and I communicate directly. Do you understand? Yes. And, and after the day one of that, you know, sometimes you need to remind people, but they kind of get it. They're like, okay, this is his management style. This is how he does it. Yeah. And then as the months go on, the years go on of constant candid feedback like this, understanding that this is for the betterment of them and the company, they get it. And then they see themselves grow and then they believe in sort of the whole the, the candid feedback style essentially. Um, so, so it's, it's kind of, they, they buy into it. Right. Um, and of course, uh, one thing that I've learned actually is, is uh, context is very important. I'm giving you this feedback because of this, uh, because this affects this, which affects this, which they might not know sometimes because they're, you know, just in their day-to-day -day job sometimes. So context is important, but um, yeah, candid feedback for sure. Yeah, so actually the, the strategy I normally use is I, I, I tell people my observations. So for example, when you call someone an asshole and then I, I, I give them the, the sort of the impact, right? So when you call someone an asshole, people think you're unprofessional. Mm -hmm. Can you do that any differently, right? So I, I like pointing out what it is I see and then, I mean, an asshole, that's probably a bad example. But, but you know, a lot of the time people don't necessarily know what them doing something, what the impact is, right? So for example, when you're making a PowerPoint presentation full of spreadsheet numbers and people can't read it, uh, they fall asleep, right? Mm -hmm. uh, things like that. So I, I, I love giving feedback in, in that method. So that, that makes a ton of sense, right? For sure. 
Um, the next question is, how do you identify tomorrow's leaders? Oh, nice one. Uh, how do I identify tomorrow's leaders? Um, I trust my other leaders to do so. Uh, I mean, it'd be impossible for me at a company of our size for me to identify leaders that are within certain departments, right? So sure. it's not um, personally. I mean, our like I said, if you're living the culture, um, if you're if you're always trying to make yourself better, if you communicate very clearly and always. And uh, if you if you come up with different ideas for the company, which we encourage, um, you know, I, I always say this: we're, a, we're about 128 very smart people. It'd be foolish for us as executives to be like, listen to us and, and shut up. Like we always encourage, you know, feedback, and we have constant anonymous feedback uh, possibilities, so they can tell us what we could do better, and also some of the ideas that they have within their departments, as well as um, for the company as a whole and other departments. But I really do at this point, um, I use, I, I train my leaders uh, to identify those leaders and, and I trust them completely to, to do so. If one of them says, you know, this person should move up to this, then I have, you know, the utmost confidence to that, that they're the next leader or they're the next team captain or team manager, or, you know, they're moving on up kind of thing. Um, but personally, when I how I used to do it is that um, just if they're participating, if they're you know not shy to speak up because we we create an environment where you're you're just not we shouldn't be um, keeping things in. If you want to do it anonymously, please um, you know tell us how to do better. Um, we constantly encourage people to to give feedback like that. So if you're participating that way, for sure. Um, and yeah, but but as a like I said, as I do it now, it's it's really trusting my leaders to identify those future leaders. Awesome, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So the next one, uh, we we aren't perfect, all of us, all the time, uh, mm -hmm. which is very important. So what are the things that you're kind of working on changing or improving right now in the business that you think are not going so well? In terms of the business as a whole, or or me. Oh. Either, either, either. Um, yeah, our technology can be built faster. Uh, that's no secret within the company. Um, but we're working on that. You know, um, again, candid feedback comes into that. We don't just do candid. I don't just do candid feedback with my team. I do probably more uh, kind of next level candid feedback with uh, some of the senior leaders or the the executives, right? And we all understand again that it's the uh, it, it's it's for the betterment of the company. No, no one's attacking anybody. Um, our technology can be built faster. Um, that's just the nature of our business. It's ever changing. Um, that could come from our just high expectations, never satisfied attitude, uh, or it could come with you know sometimes we get uh, we get frustrated on some of the lack of deadlines that tech team has or, or whatever. But you know we're we're definitely working on that. We're making strides for it, and it's it's positive for sure. And I I mean that sincerely. Um, in terms of um, in terms of in terms of me, um, what can I improve on? I'm not perfect. Um, funny you ask that because I always ask my leaders at the end of our call, like, what could we be doing better? And if they say nothing, I'm like, are we the perfect company? And they say no, and I'm like, okay, well, what could we be doing better? And I've just realized this is how they must feel when they're asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. um 
Let's see. I could be better at the context part that I described before. If I give uh, feedback, a bit more context is, is something that I can, I can improve on. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything you have worked on with yourself personally from a personal development standpoint to, to sort of improve over the last year or something? Like any, anything in particular that you have sort of put a lot of effort into yourself? Right. I mean, I've been reading more books lately. Um, one in particular I've been rereading is zero to one, yeah. which really, um, describes how to, how to just be that leader in your company. Right. Um, or sorry, be a, a leading company in, in a specific industry. And I think something that I could be doing better as well as the company actually is, um, you know, we have this goal to, to grow tremendously over the next few years. You know, we've got you know, it's, it's classic, right? Everything that all the actions that have gotten us to this point in our almost nine year history as a business are not what's going to, you know, reflect or not the actions necessarily that are going to get us to, you know, double, triple revenue in the next nine years. Yeah. So, um, I've been trying to just educate myself on, you know, sort of enterprising enterprise clients, like really big clients. How are we going to get to these revenue levels? Um, that's some stuff like some higher level, like business thinking, like really, really high level. Um, and we're talking like to get to like 40, 50 million, a hundred million dollars in, in ARR kind of levels that that's the kind of stuff that I, I not only need to, to read about research, but maybe educate myself on and things like that. Awesome. That sounds good. Now, lastly, any sort of tips and tricks that you want to share with the audience in, in, in regards to management tips? Like that could be anything from uh, apps or tools you use to particular methods or anything like that. Anything in particular you have in mind, any, any sort of things that you're like, you should definitely be using this thing or. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say a couple of things that come to mind, but then I'm going to think about some more. Sure. So the tools that you use don't matter unless your entire team buys into it. So if you use, you know, uh, a project management tool like Basecamp or Trello, uh, which one's better? It, it matters what your team buys into and uses consistently and just, yeah, really buys into. Um, so pick one and go with it and make sure your team buys into it rather than spending. I mean, you can compare and contrast. Of course, pricing comes into place, et cetera. But I mean, don't spend a tremendous amount of, don't spend weeks or even days trying to pick and compare and contrast, et cetera. Just get your team to buy into it. Like we're going to use Slack, you know, stick to Slack for this, that, and the other. If you need something or whatever, use email for this, that, and the other, just really define it. It's more important that your team buys into it and you have kind of clear uh, processes rather than what particular tool you use. That's yep. one thing. That that's makes cool. a lot of sense. And actually that's what I say as well. It doesn't really, I, I always tell my clients, like I, I have a lot of people ask me, Oh, should I use some Trello, Asana, Basecamp? And I'm like, doesn't matter. Pick one and pick one and freaking stick with it. Make sure yeah. everyone cool. starts using yeah, it. Mads, I hear you. And people, people stress about it. And I'm like, you're stressing way too much about this. Just pick one. Um, yeah. So that's one thing. Um, 
is your audience more um, starting out or are they a bit more established or I guess it just it, it's a fair mix. I mean, we, we have a lot of established people in, in your size. So, so we have quite a few companies that have a couple hundred people and so on. So okay. it's a fair mix. Uh, gotcha. I mean, definitely make sure everybody knows the vision and the goals of the company. And you, you might think as an executive that people do know, but people might not know. So if you, if you think that if nobody can recite, if, um, you know, the, the, the day one employer or whatever, or someone who's just starting out with you can't recite sort of the company's vision or mission or, or why they're here, why we are a big team working on, uh, you know, one big goal, then there's an issue. You need to make sure everybody understands it because those are the sort of intangible things that add to productivity, which productivity is sort of the base of everything, right? Yeah. Um, I strongly would recommend um, really, really for leaders to encourage your teams to figure out like how each individual member works uh, best. So like I can tell you right now, uh, my business partners, some of them like to work at late at night. Like I'm talking three, four in the morning. I, you'll never catch me do that. You'll more likely to catch me in the morning. I work out and then I get right to work because it's the first thing I do. So I'm completely different. Some people break it up during the day. Like I, like I said before, um, you know, I like, asking your team members how they do that and giving them the freedom to do so, you know, um, you know, I think some, some counter arguments to that would be like, well, how can I trust them? Well, you know, it, it all comes down to culture. And if it's not just uh, the, on the surface, it's, I'm asking you as an employee, how you're more productive, you should know this, but it's also saying, I trust you as an employee to give your most productive work to the company. So, you know, how I'm asking you this, but I'm also allowing you to do so. Right. And I know it could be a challenge for, for some companies, but you know, I'm a huge believer in that huge. Um, what else? Tips. Data is everything. Data is huge. Data is absolutely everything. So whether you're, you're talking about the marketing that go marketing funnel that goes feeds into the sales funnel and how many things like move from one sales process to another, that data is super important to, you know, your churn rate to, um, uh, you know, your answered answering tickets or email marketing or, uh, absolutely all the data that you need in a, especially in companies of our size is, is, is very important. Um, so whether, yeah, again, whether it's HR that needs employee feedback, who answers it, how quickly they answer it, uh, a constant feedback that you're getting that, uh, from, from all these, uh, sort of surveys that maybe you sent out or whatever to obviously, you know, the sales and marketing funnel, um, things like that accuracy of reporting, how often your reporting goes down. If you're, if you're in that kind of industry, um, all of that is super important. You need to be obsessed with data. Um, definitely own that. Yeah. Cool. That's uh, some awesome advice. Very good, Julio. Um, the last thing I have is really around yourself. So how does people contact you if they're eager to, or your company, uh, if they want to reach out? What's the, what's the best methods? Yeah, you can message me. Honestly, the best one is... Um, is LinkedIn because uh, I can I get a bunch of emails every day. Obviously, if you if you want to try emailing me, it's uh, Julio. So it's J U L I O at monetizemore.com. 
you could probably just search me, uh, Julio Monzon on LinkedIn. So my first name and then M-O-N-Z-O-N on LinkedIn. Uh, you'll find me and my dad. The younger guy is me. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you can direct DM me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm more likely to kind of answer there just because I got tons of emails every day. Um, so yeah, that's the best method. Awesome. I'll, I'll include links to, to your profile and, and to your company as well, in case anyone is super interested. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the space wanting to make more money. So uh, that's, that's awesome. For sure. Really good. Thank you very much for joining me here today, Julio. And uh, yeah, great talking to you again. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mads. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.